Hi there, and you're listening to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nenora. Today we're talking about a very sensitive subject that's surrounded by stigma and taboo in most societies, and especially our Indian society. Famous Bollywood women such as Anushka Sharma, Ileana de Cruz, Manisha Koirala, and Deepika Padukone have all been quite candid about their battle with anxiety and clinical depression. Many other celebrities are coming forward with their struggles in the hope that they can help others in fighting the same fight. Mental illness is not commonly discussed in our communities because of fear, ignorance and shame. Depression and anxiety does not discriminate. Just like diabetes, blood pressure or any other illness, it could happen to any one of us. Part of the challenge lies in classifying it into physical and mental illness, which in turn affects our attitude to both seeking and giving help. Joining us today to share her story from discovery and navigating to managing anxiety and clinical depression for over 10 years is Sharon Bender. So what was the starting point for her? I think it was a, it was a mix of a bunch of things. I think my anxiety was always, it was always there. Like I remember having these weird feelings like I don't know if any of you have ever been through anxiety but anxiety is this is this like constant fear in your it's like in the pit of your stomach you know like there's something bad that's going to happen and you feel that all the time and that that was something that I'd experienced before I didn't know it was anxiety it was just it was when I say before I mean in my like early 20s and things like that so that was always there she can't remember if she had it growing up. Her first memory of having that feeling in the pit of her stomach was in her early 20s, though she didn't know that it was anxiety then. A few months into having her first child, her anxiety intensified. After I had my first child, I think about six months or seven months into it, I started having these terrible mood swings and like just being in a bad mood all the time and stuff like that. So I think I. I went through that about two months or something like that and then I started losing weight really really quickly so I, I lost about I think about 12 kilos in two weeks and I'm not a big person to start with so then I started going to the doctor and they diagnosed me with a thyroid problem but they never said that depression was one of the side effects of having a thyroid problem anyway I started taking the medication for my thyroid we then that was around the time when we when we were moving to South Africa as well. So all that happened. And then when we moved to South Africa, it got really, really bad. I think it was like a whole new move for me. I didn't know anyone here. I was alone all the time with, uh, I think she was about a year or year and three months at that time. Um, I think it just added to, to everything that I was feeling. And it, it was quite extreme. Like I was having like suicidal thoughts and, and you know, just all that stuff came together. Sharon had all the symptoms of what she knows now is depression, but she suffered through it for a year before seeking help from a doctor or speaking to anyone about it. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know that's what I was going through. It, it, was, it was scary because I, was, I would sleep all the time just so I didn't have to deal with what I was feeling. Um, I would cry a lot and I didn't know why I was crying. 
um, but also because I had a thyroid problem I think a lot of other things came with that like I would ache like my my body would ache all the time um, I would have almost like hot flashes and uh, that was something else that that also came through with the thyroid so it was a whole bunch of stuff that came together and I didn't know what was happening with my body I was I, so I didn't have a coping mechani mechanism except to get through each day and just make sure that I got through the day fine you know whether that was sleeping a lot or crying a lot or look I didn't at that point which is probably the worst thing that I could have done at that point is I never spoke to anyone about it she coped one day at a time until it reached a tipping point I remember this this one day just got so bad that all I wanted to do was end it I was like Nope, it's I can't I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, it it was just one of those points where it just got too much and I thought it either I'm going to do something or it'll do like do something to myself or I need to go fix it, which was which was why I decided to go see a doctor. And I went to the doctor here and they diagnosed me with depression which is when I started taking antidepressants. Now that Sharon had her diagnosis, how did she feel about it? My first reaction to hearing that it was depression was relief that, you know, okay, I'm not going crazy. It's there's something actually wrong with my brain and it needs medication. And as soon as that happened, like I, I remember taking medication for the first, I think, two or three weeks and it just felt like wow i did not have a mood swing i like i'm normal you know i'm balanced uh, but i think after that it was more it was a lot of shame like i felt like crap that i was i had depression and i think that's such a that i don't know if that's all around the world or it's an indian thing but the moment someone says you've got a mental illness it's like you're crazy you know and and i for the longest time i didn't tell anyone that i had depression i would hide it from everyone because i just felt ashamed that i had it but initially to answer your question i did feel relieved that there was actually a name for what i was going through yeah and there was there was help like i could take medication and feel fine she felt relief and then shame that she had depression we may not have experience with depression but almost all of us would have experienced shame at some point in our lives that critical voice in one's head which is louder than the compassionate one. Now, can you imagine feeling that all the time? Most patients will tell you it's impossible to fully explain what depression feels like unless one has been through it. Sharon explains what hers feels like. I think a lot of people think that depression is just being sad all the time. And it's, it's not that sometimes like I will have a same person will have different episodes of depression. Anxiety, I think is pretty much the same for a lot of people. Like you have the, you know, your heart is beating really fast and you just have this feeling of doom over you all the time. I, I think I might be totally wrong, but I, I think anxiety is, is um, similar, just depends on variations of it or how how extreme it is in each person. Sometimes I can feel really, really sad and down and I would cry a lot. Sometimes it would just be that I don't feel anything at all. And you get all these negative thoughts in your head about 
you know it's not true you know that people love you you know that um <laughs> sorry <coughs> yeah sorry so you know that you know your insecurities come into effect and everything else so it's not always sadness it's it sometimes it can be hopelessness sometimes it can be just feeling totally numb about everything around you you know you can be going through something amazing you just would not feel it at all um it's it's also quite a lonely journey because you don't know how to explain it to people so i think one of the things about depression and uh, I'm, I'm sure some of your you know viewers who are listening to this and and can relate to that it just it, it's just a really really lonely feeling to go through depression for everyone manifests itself in different ways each person experiences highs and lows and frequency differently does she know when her depression is setting in i can always feel that it's coming and an episode can be can last for me sometimes you know if i'm on my period and i'm pmsing that's probably not a depressive episode it's more like a hormonal thing that can last about 3 days 4 days whatever but sometimes i've had episodes where it lasts me sometimes 2 weeks 3 weeks uh where i just can't seem to get out of it you know i can't and because i i i think being so busy and being a full like i work full time and i'm a full time pair like mom you know i'm a single mom so I'm, i do that full time it's very hard to get the time to be able to say okay i'm just going to take this evening off and deal with this so you kind of push it under the rug and you go through the motions of going to work and dealing with with work and dealing with your kids and you know you come home in the evening and you're exhausted because you have all these things you're dealing with and then you just do the same thing over and over and over again so i i think yeah an episode can last anywhere between 3 days and like i think the longest i've had one is about 3 weeks she knows when a bout of depression is coming on and there's nothing she can do to prevent it other than getting through it what is it like for her to be in the midst of it and what does it feel like when it passes when i'm going through an episode i think it's like first of all i don't talk to anyone so i like all my friends if they decided that they wanted to do something i would just shut myself off from everyone because i don't have the energy to deal with with all that but to answer your question about do you know when you're coming out of it it's just a feeling you have i think when it passes not so much when it's coming to an end i think you just wake up one day and especially for me like you know i would just feel different i would feel like this clouds not it's almost like when it's this really gloomy rainy day and like the sun comes out <laughs> you don't know when the sun's coming out but when the sun comes comes out you can feel it that's i think that's the best uh, way i can describe it that warm fuzzy feeling when the sun comes out after a gloomy day is a feeling most of us can relate to often it's our friends and family that bring sunshine to our lives Sharon is a single parent and has the support of her friends and daughters. For the longest time because they were quite small, you know, uh I mean they're 9 and and 12 now, but uh I would hide it from them. So I would go through this whole thing like a zombie and then towards the end of the day once they went to bed, I would just, you know, break down or whatever. But uh, as they got older, I realized it's so important for me to to show them that I'm a normal person like if I keep hiding who I am they're never going to know that this is who their mom is 
you know and plus also it, with depression and anxiety sometimes you get really short-tempered you know like you're you get really frustrated with just normal things that happen like they can be fighting 10 days in a row it wouldn't affect me just that one day that my anxiety is so extreme that they can say three words to each other and it would affect me and I would just start shouting for no reason so for me it just felt like I had to explain to them that you know and I I don't I don't use the words anxiety and depression a lot with them I just tell them mommy's feeling sad today or I'm having a bit of a bad day and they get it you know and they're very um we're very open in our in our house to talk about feelings and if they if even if they're feeling sad they know that they can come to me and say listen mommy I'm feeling sad today it doesn't matter if they're nine they're six kids still feel sad you know I think that's one positive thing that I that I think has happened with the three of us in our house especially that because I've opened up to them they it makes it easier for them to come to me and tell me that when they're feeling sad or when they're not having a good day because kids don't have good days either you know my older one's 12 she's gonna go through all these uh, hormonal stuff and mm -hmm. you know she can come to me and say listen mom I'm having a bad day just let me be for a little while and it'll be I'll, I'll get through it while friends and family provide Sharon the emotional support she needs Medicines provide her the chemical support needed for healing. However, the medication does come with its side effects. So I, I've been on it off and on and I went on it the first time and it was great. I went on it another time and it was still fine. I went on it a third time. So I would, I would go on it, I would feel fine. And you reach a point where you think, okay, I can do this without medication. Um, because obviously the levels, you know, sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance and you want those levels to be fine before you can stop. Um, so I've been on it a few times and the third time was, was terrible. Like I had a really bad experience with it where I went on it and it put me further down than I'd ever been before I came back up. And I think I'm a little bit hesitant on going on it again, but uh, I'm, I am going to go see a therapist soon and I, I probably need to go back on them um, but it's also quite a it, it's quite a journey I don't know if you know if uh, people who are listening to this probably understand this more than anyone else if you are against taking medication for for it it's almost like a mental block that's that you have in your mind and you kind of have to talk your mind into doing it um, so which is where I am at the moment so there's some that's something I need to like work through and, and get through that mental block to take the antidepressants to feel better which is what you need to do because if you had diabetes you would need to take your insulin to feel better it's exactly the same thing it's just it, it's just you have to find the right kind of medication for you that doesn't make you feel like a total zombie because sometimes antidepressants do that they make you feel nothing uh, you don't feel sad, you don't feel happy, you don't feel nothing, you just feel numb and it's not something I want to feel. That feeling of numbness is one that she knows well enough and one that she wishes others don't have to experience. She hopes though, if you are in her shoes, that in sharing her story, you will know you are not alone. I wish that I had, I had spoken about it sooner and I think even if one person who's listening to this, if they take anything away from this, I would, you know, I think women are so hard on themselves. Like for me, I'm an independent, strong woman. I can do everything 
why can't I control my mind? For me, that's the way I think. And I'm sure there's so many women out there who think exactly the same, you know, or the thought process is because there's something wrong with my mind, there's something wrong with me. And it shouldn't be like that, you know, and I wished I'd spoke about it sooner to my friends and to my family and to, uh, because then at least I would have that support and I wouldn't feel so alone dealing with it, which is probably a lot worse going through all this and then like being alone dealing with it and i just want like women who are listening to know it's fine you know if if it's still your brain is part of your body it's an organ in your body if there's something wrong with your hand or your leg or your kidney you wouldn't like hesitate be hesitant to tell people about it so why is the whole stigma about being able to say there's something wrong with my brain you know it's exactly like any other organ in your body i think just women talking about it for me that's I just want to like put the message out there that it's important that you talk about it, even if it's just with one person. It doesn't have to be, you know, your whole family. It doesn't be. It doesn't have to be your entire friend circle. Find one person that you can trust and talk to them about it. You know, just someone listening to you and vocalizing what you feel probably helps a lot more than anything else. At least you don't feel alone dealing with it then. Sharon has found that managing her depression effectively depends on meeting her physical and spiritual needs, in addition to the emotional, nutritional and chemical ones. For me, exercise works a lot. Um, so when I had that, when I, you know, when, I, when, I, when I told you that whole episode I went through where I went through this really low point and things like that, um, a friend of mine suggested um, yoga. And I did yoga for a while, um, and that actually really, really helped me. And then I, um, I started on a boot camp class, and I was doing that for a year, I think about a year and a half or two years. Um, and I realized in the middle of that, I had pneumonia, and I couldn't exercise for about two weeks. And I realized what a difference it made to my mind. Um, so obviously, when you're going to an episode, you don't feel like doing anything, you kind of have to push yourself to exercise or to even, you know, get out of the house and do something social. But for me, exercise helps me a lot. Um, where I can, you know, to to help my anxiety, I will meditate. I listen to, you know, um, uh, meditation videos on my on my phone. Um, I, I will do yoga sometimes. I haven't done it for a long time, but that helps me as well. So a lot of things involving exercise and just quietening your mind helped me um, to deal with it. Um, going out with friends actually helps as well. Uh, when I get to it, it actually really, really, it's so good for my soul because yeah, I love my friends. So um, that really helps me. Um, but if, if I could pinpoint one thing that actually really helps with, with my mind um, is exercise in any, any shape or form. It's likely that most of us know of at least one person who has depression. So how can we be there for them? I think if, if someone or if you have a friend that's going through depression, and it might not even be that they're open about, about the fact that they're going through depression, but you suspect that maybe they're going through a hard time or whatever, um, maybe just be, just wait for them, you know, just let them do it at their own time. Send the message to tell them you're thinking about them, that, you know, if they want to talk, you're open to talk to them. I think also when, when, like for me, when I go through depression and I'm just like trying to survive every single day, the thing that 
that hits me on top of all that is guilt. You know, guilt that my friends are making the effort and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not even in a position to be able to, like, to communicate with them uh, because I'm, I'm using all my energy to get through each day. Um, so I think, and also if someone doesn't understand what depression is, because I think for someone who doesn't, who doesn't go through depression, it's, it's, it's hard to understand what it is. You know, if, like if I say I have a headache and someone says, take a tablet for it, that's justifiable. You know, it's totally understandable that someone would say that. But if, if I'm going through a depressive episode and I've had people say to me, yeah, but what have you got to be depressed about? Or, um, you know, just snap out of it or just think positive thoughts. I wish it was that easy, you know, and some days it is. Some days, you know, like positive thinking and everything else can help. It really can. But saying that to someone who's going through an episode is probably the worst thing you can say to them. If someone's going through depression, the thought process in your head is so, it's like on loop. You know, you just think one bad thought after the other, one negative thought after the other. It's just like this, you're like a little thing in your brain that just keeps going. And just saying it to someone and saying, I'm, I'm having a hard time, just breaks that for some reason. I don't know how that, how that helps, but just saying it to someone. But, but to answer your question, I think if to support someone who's going through depression, just be there for them. And to you, if you are that person who is struggling right now. I would tell them, first of all, acknowledge the fact that you're going through it. You know, just, just accept the fact that, that you are going through it, no matter what it is, whether it's something that it, you know, is just a low period in your in your life or you are going through panic attacks or you have depression or you are bipolar or you're schizophrenic, whatever it is, just accepting the fact and acknowledging the fact that you have it is a start. If you know the signs, if you have a period when you're going through your low four, five, six, seven days, that's not normal. You know, you can't keep telling yourself that's normal, that's going to pass. Maybe go and see someone about it. It could not be anything. But if it is, at least you have gone and dealt with it. You know, you can move on knowing that either something is not right or this is normal and it will pass. Um, another thing is, like I said, just take, take care of yourself. Like you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. You know, whether it's going and seeing a therapist, whether it's taking that holiday by yourself, whether it's taking two hours away and going and watching a movie by yourself, get a babysitter for your kids. You know, just small things like that make a huge difference because sometimes it gets so overwhelming and you don't know what to do about it. All you need is like an escape. And mums naturally feel guilty for doing that. Um, so just, I think as women, you just need to be a little more gentle on yourself. Just if you need a break, take a break. You know, maybe that's all you need. Sharon does not have all the answers and she discovers ways to make it easier for herself every day. One of the things I've realized is I've become quite selfish going through this, which is not a bad thing. Not I'm not selfish in a bad way. I'm selfish when it comes to, okay, you know what? I need a time out. I need not to talk to anyone. I need not to be a social person right now. Um, I just need to take time for myself and deal with this. And that's something I wouldn't have been like maybe six years before. I'm gentler on myself. You know, I'm fine with with saying no to people now and telling them that I need my time away and things like that. I'm I'm actually fine with it, you know, after, you know, I'm 40 now and it's taken me about, 
36 years to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a good thing, I think. And the one thing she would change about her journey through depression? I probably would have spoken about it a lot sooner. I would have, I would have opened up to, to people close to me a lot sooner. It would, it would have made a difference in those initial years that I was going through stuff. It would, I think it would have helped me. As the Danish philosopher Søren says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And Sharon looks forward to her future with hope. I'd like to be happy, whatever happiness means. You know, I'd like to have weeks where I don't have an episode. You know, and in my ideal world, that's what I would want to happen. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I work towards that, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make the effort for that to happen. Because I do, want to, I do want to see my girls grow up and I want to see them getting married and I want to be in a happy headspace for all of that. Yeah, so I think just for me, for the, you know, like down the line, I, yeah, I want to be able to make the, like have the ability or have the inclination to make the effort, which is the hard part sometimes. But, you know, as long as I'm trying every day, and we hope that all of Sharon's wishes do come true. She's been so open and candid in sharing her story. Someone was saying that we need to live in the world in a world where mental health is talked about like we talk about bubbles, which I thought was quite amazing because like, no one has any stigma with bubbles. Until that day comes, we hope you continue the conversations about bipolar disorder, personality disorder, PTSD, self-harm, schizophrenia, anxiety, depression and bubbles. Join us again next time for our conversations on NRI Women. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hello at nriwoman.com or Twitter at nri underscore woman. Stay tuned for highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website www.nriwoman.com. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. What I realized that the reason what I was looking for was a purpose. Nowadays they call that word ikigai. What is that one thing that gets you out of bed? What is that one thing that adds that life force and joy to yourself? Why do you get out of bed? What is your purpose? What is that thing? New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.